Welcome to The Average Shepherd. My name is Father Sam French and today is Sunday in the 15th week of Ordinary Time. And today's homily is called From Sealing Hooks to Heaven. It's a reflection on today's gospel from Matthew 13, the parable of the sower and the seeds. Let's begin. I'm sure everyone listening is familiar with the saying, small things amuse small minds. Now, it's usually used in the context of an insult, but to be fair, it does actually reflect a simple reality of natural human development. For example, when I was four years old, a ceiling hook in the roof above my bunk bed became the object of my fascination for weeks. I would stare at it, I would hang my blankets off it. I soon realized that I could actually unscrew the thing. Now, being the sort of child I was, I also wanted to see what a ceiling hook tasted like. And as you can imagine, I immediately proceeded to swallow it. Now, I was rushed to hospital, of course, by my parents, but that's not actually the point of the story. I'm just trying to make the point that my attention at the age of four was occupied by a ceiling hook for weeks. Now, when I was age 10, it was all about Pokemon cards. By 16, it was all about my first car and my interests, my desires continued to grow from there. Now, the things that fascinate us, and occupy our desires, they develop as we grow. We transition from being children amused by ceiling hooks to adults concerned with much more important things, like caring about our family, our career, politics, sports teams, paying down a mortgage, and everything else that really matters. Now, according to St. Paul's message today, however, from the second reading uh, from Romans 8, even these things, these real and important adult concerns that we hold dear, They pale in comparison to the glory as yet unrevealed, which is waiting for us in heaven. Now, it's a lovely thought to consider that God has made our souls for something infinitely greater than this world has to offer. But how do we come to know that fact about reality? How do we come to grasp that truth of faith in our very being? Well, I think C.S. Lewis said it beautifully in his book, Mere Christianity. He said, Creatures are not born with desires unless satisfaction for those desires exists. A baby feels hunger. Well, there's such thing as food. A duckling wants to swim. Well, there's such thing as water. People feel sexual desire. Well, there's such thing as sex. If I find within myself, he says, a desire which no experience in the world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. See, even our most profound material desires, whether it be wealth, success, power, status, beauty, they don't ultimately satisfy our human soul. There's plenty of celebrities out there with all of those things who are miserable behind closed doors because the complete satisfaction of our human soul lies exclusively in perfect relationship with God, which is just another way of saying heaven. Heaven far surpasses any material desire we might have during our life on earth. Now, it's not entirely our fault if we fail to always have our eyes fixed on heaven because we're constantly battling with the effects of original sin that we've inherited. St. Paul describes our situation as being enslaved to decadence. Our hearts are constantly being dragged down by the things we can see, touch, and taste. But he says there's hope for us. St. Paul assures us that through the power of the Holy Spirit, which all of us have received in baptism, we can be freed from this enslavement and move closer to the perfect and soul-satisfying relationship with God. And that is what today's gospel is all about. The famous parable of the sower and the seed from Matthew 13. It illustrates this inner struggle that's happening within us, that constant war between the desires of our flesh and the life of the spirit for which our souls were made. Now, when Jesus offers this parable, he presents himself as the life-giving seed, the powerful word of God, which is meant to be sown in the soil, in the heart of every human person. 
The word of God, it has the power to set us free. The word of God has the power to bring us into that spiritual relationship with God. But, def- but depending on the state of our heart, that seed can, be, can fall on different types of soil, whether on the pathway, the rocky ground, the thorns, or finally, the rich soil. Now, before we jump to identifying into which category we land as individuals, I think it's important to acknowledge that our hearts have probably experienced all of these stages at one point or another in our life. The first example Jesus gives is the seed that falls on the pathway and gets gobbled up by the birds. And Jesus says this symbolizes those who hear God's word, but they don't understand it. Now, I think most people in the West have a very, very basic idea of what the gospel says. But in movies, in TV, pop culture, social media, it's always being ridiculed. Faith in God is regularly mocked as an arcane superstition, just to be cast aside in favor of all of the sciences. And yet for so many, they haven't even tried to read the word of God seriously, let alone understand it. It's strange that now, probably more than any time in history, we prioritize the importance of education in math, science, English history, every subject that's relevant to our career and advancement. But when it comes to religion, scripture, understanding our Christian faith, we seem to be happy, even in many Catholic schools, to stop at a primary or elementary school level. A couple of Bible stories here and there, a few, a few parables thrown in and a bit of sacramental preparation. But if we as a church, and I include myself here, can't present the Christian faith beyond a teenage level, then we really shouldn't be surprised when, when young people cast it aside along with their Pokemon cards. As Jesus warns, without receiving or understanding the word, the evil one just replaces it with his own message. So we have a real responsibility to do a good job of spreading the word faithfully. Then there's the seed that lands on rocky ground. And I think that represents those who love the idea of faith at first, but they lack the roots of perseverance when the going gets tough, boring, or uninspiring, which inevitably happens to every Christian at one stage or another. The rocky soil, I think, tends to happen when people have a transactional view of the faith. They're really only interested if there's something in it for them, whether that be a welcoming community, connectedness to their culture, or the feeling of emotional well-being during worship. But when we're in our faith for the wrong reason, and the authentic love of God isn't at the center, then when we're inevitably called by the Lord to carry our cross, which will happen, its weight becomes an unbearable obstacle rather than an invitation to encounter Jesus more deeply. And when that happens, we leave because we're looking for a better deal, a better transaction. The seed among the thorns are those who have genuine faith, but they're slowly choked out by the riches and the worries of the world. It's kind of like death by a thousand cuts or a drawn-out assault of small compromises. It starts with a noble goal like success or financial security, But then that goal becomes an obsession, and that obsession becomes an idol. All of a sudden, prayer is important, yes, but it's not as important as that overseas business call. Slowly, slowly, priorities begin to shift, and all of a sudden, the life-giving promises of God's Word, that relationship with God, which is so important to us, it begins to seem kind of distant and bland, especially when compared to the big opportunity at work opening up before us on the horizon. Finally, there's the seed on the good soil. That signifies those who receive the word and they try to understand it. Now, this has absolutely nothing to do with our level of intelligence or eloquence, but the simple prioritization of God above everything else. It's the recognition that our souls desire something greater than this world has to offer. And it's about taking that desire seriously. 
The rich soil is found in the hearts of those who seek first his kingdom, as it says in Matthew 6.33. Now, more often than not, such people, they don't present to the world as extraordinary in any major way. This is just ordinary men and women whose lives are organized around daily prayer, regular spiritual reading, a strong sacramental life, especially the Eucharist and confession, and the quiet and the generous service of others. The faith of such persons is not transactional, but unconditional. They recognize that all of their joys, their talent, their time, ultimately it comes from God. And so they are willing to give it back with a generous heart. So brothers and sisters, let us pray today for that kind of unconditional faith, that our hearts may be like the rich soil. Let us pray. God of all grace and love, guide us to become fertile ground where your word takes root and flourishes. Help us to resist the distractions of the world, seeking always your heavenly promise. Ignite inside of us a faith that is genuine, selfless, and wholehearted. We ask this in the holy and the powerful name of Jesus, through the intercession of our blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to The Average Shepherd. If you want to help me spread this podcast, maybe recommend it to a friend who you think might benefit. Thank you, and God bless.